if your child does not learn how to use this money, they will always stay broke and they will never be able to build wealth within their family name. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Podcast, the show about financial education opportunities all around us and practical financial tips right in front of us. I'm your show host, Todd Christensen, and today I speak with fellow podcaster Eric Yard, a man passionate about teaching his child about the positive power of money. And listen for ideas on how to answer this question, Mom, Dad, how much money do you make? Let's talk. My guest today, Eric Yard, hosts a free podcast called Raising Financial Freedom and possesses the fundamental financial expertise and passion necessary to successfully guide others in creating the perfect roadmap to reach their wealth building objectives. Eric features an extensive background, including an honorable discharge from the Air Force after serving for six years. Thank you very much, Eric, as well as going to college at Long Island University. Eric has become a sort of all things financial expert, one who loves to share his in-depth insight and knowledge on his podcast to help his listeners obtain new levels of bottom line success. And I will add in full disclosure that Eric had me on his podcast as a guest early in 2021. Eric Yard, welcome to the Money Fit Podcast Show. Todd, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, it's, it's nice talking to you again. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. We, um, I guess, in our, in our, when I was on your show, we talked about some of our resources, but I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain about other resources out there on personal finance and kids. But first... I'm going to start off with uh, reach into our bank of standard questions for our guests. If you're ready. I'm right here. Good to okay. go. Did you, uh, this is kind of a goofy question given, uh, given uh, that you're a podcaster, but did you always want to be a podcaster? I mean, you might be young enough that it was around when you were young. Who knows? No, not really. But I always wanted to have people listen to what I wanted to say within a group setting. Mm-hmm. And once I found podcasting, it was a great platform for me to just voice my opinion and connect with a lot of people who feel the same way I do. Mm -hmm. All right. Tell me, Eric, did you always sit in the front row in in class? No, I was was that person who was like, don't sit in the back. Don't sit in the front. Let's sit in the middle. It's comfortable in the middle. Yeah, it's hard to find a person in the middle. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I found, uh, and, and I want to talk about this. Uh, we're going to uh, do another show with you on, on a, a topic about uh, podcasting and other personal finance resources and so forth. But I find podcasting really eye-opening for me as, as a financial educator, learning a lot from my guests, having that, a lot of those opportunities. And I imagine, how, you're, you're, um, you, when did you start podcasting? I started podcasting pretty much in, I would say, 2019, mm-hmm. but I did not start publishing until 2020. Mm-hmm. So I needed to get a little bit more confidence in actually master the art of editing before I really wanted to get fully into it. And then once I felt more comfortable in 2020, I 
published my first episode in, I would say, August, if I remember, August of 20, 2020. You're yes, in the middle of, of, the, of the pandemic. Right. But I didn't publish my next one until, I think, November. Oh. <laughs> Once again, uh, you know, you pretty much have to be a jack of all trades when you're doing podcasting and yeah, and interviewing and actually putting schedules together is quite difficult. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I've I've learned from uh, I learned from you after being on your show some of the the tips that uh, or the, the ways that you did it. So thank you. Oh, no problem. Uh, let's talk about your podcast and about I mean it's it's got a focus on not just financial education for children, but you call it raising financial freedom. Right. Would you mind talking to the uh, listener about what you mean by financial freedom? What does that mean uh, as far as talking about kids, talking to kids about it? So my show, my audience, I focus, we focus on is we want to reach out to the parents and let them know that there is a beginning to start somewhere when it comes to talking about money. And when is that beginning? At the very early stage of your child's life. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can start the foundation at that time in their life pretty early, it, you could pick an, pick an age somewhere below 10, mm-hmm. um, you will definitely start your child off in the right direction. Whether that child wants to be a fireman, a surfer, mm-hmm. an astronaut, whatever, all these occupations pay money. And if your child does not learn how to use this money, they will always stay broke and they will never be able to build wealth within their family name. So the show name is Raising Financial Freedom. So basically you're raising your child at foundation in order for them to someday reach financial freedom where they don't need a job or where they could even retire early. Because right now, retirement is not even a set number. Mm-hmm. Now it's people just work until they can't work no more. And that's how it's been for a while now. So that's where the name comes into play. You want to raise your child and raise them with the option of being financially free. And that is an option that has not been conveyed across to the whole world in any sort of way, like you can be financially free. You could get there. You could retire early. You could retire at 40, 50, even earlier than that, 30. But if they don't have that foundation at the very beginning, knowing the basics and then building on that as they become a young adult, then they'll never see that. They'll just, as Warren Buffett said, they'll just work until they die. <laughs> You know, it it sounds like uh, a lot like investing that you're putting up uh, upfront a lot of time and energy and and uh, dedication to helping this child build a foundation that they're not going to necessarily profit from for decades. Right. And remember, this is your family. This is your family name. Why not build wealth? You may not be rich. You may not be wealthy right now. But if you plant the seed in your children, no matter how they choose, what occupation they choose, they will be financially well when it's time for them to spend their money and earn money. Mm -hmm. 
we we spend so much energy teaching our children all the all the basics uh, and things how to get the right act score sat score so they can get into college but i mean how many parents are, are focusing on talking to children about what a credit score is or what uh, what how debt works and why, why do you think so many parents avoid those lessons I, I i do they do it actively or they just don't realize they should be doing it because they were taught that way they were taught not to talk about it hmm. they were they parents didn't talk about it and the parents of their parents didn't talk about it and so on and so on so it's just natural so now they might not be in a good situation where they feel hmm, hey i'm not making this much money in I got this dead and I got this. I don't want to talk about this to my child. And they feel, they feel sort of ways talking about money at that point. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem that we have to solve within ourselves as parents. Okay. You know, mistakes were made, but it wasn't your fault. It's the way the system was set up. Now it's time for you to break that chain and say, Hey, you know what? Let me show them my mistakes. Let them learn of mistakes. And let's build on that. And you can even learn with your child at the same time. But the thing is, when it comes to teaching your child, you cannot be afraid to teach them the negatives or the positives. You have to let them know almost everything that's appropriate for their age at that time. Mm -hmm. I, uh, talking about mistakes, uh, anybody who's attended my classes or have listened to previous episodes knows how I maxed out my first credit card at 21, 22 years old in less than 36 hours. But I don't think I've shared much about my second credit card and how, how not quickly, not so quickly I learned. Uh, it was a gas card and it was $500 credit limit. And within three months, it was 60% over limit because of fees. And, and so those are, those are lessons that I learned, but I, uh, you know, it, I didn't always feel like sharing, but my kids have, have heard most of those stories because it's it's worth it for me to admit, yeah, I was I was I'd made some dumb mistakes, but I want you to learn and avoid those. And, and and that is the bad part of that whole situation is that when we should be learning about compound interests, but when we grow up, we end up learning the hard way about <laughs> compound debt. Mm-hmm. You immediately, from high school, credit card, hmm. debt with interest, mm -hmm. school debt with interest. You get a car later on, debt with interest. We're learning about compounded debt. Well, we should really be concentrating and learning about compounded interest in order to build but we already are behind the eight ball when we when, when we're young, and that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, what what are some of the things that you've heard from some of your guests? Uh, some 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 tips that you've thought, hey, that's that's something new. I hadn't heard that, or some fun ideas that you're you're learning from your own podcast guests about uh, teaching personal finance to kids. Well, one of the things that I stay tried and true that I believe is, you know, a good tool and which every guest, almost not every guest, but a high percentage of my guests say that they do with their children and, you know, parents should be doing 
is that they should get involved and play games with their children. All types of sorts of games which involve money. Mm -hmm. I don't care whether it's Monopoly, Payday, any of these new games out there. Start playing those games. Hmm. Play those games. Let money start to sink in to their heads and they say, hey, wow, I got to pay this. I get this. There's needs, there's wants, and there's just things that I have to pay. And let them learn it through the games. Mm -hmm. And that will set you up later on for the more serious conversations you will have with them when you want to talk about other more advanced techniques when it comes to financial literacy. But definitely is one is playing games. Play those I, games early. Yeah. We had the... Um... You know, I, I'll, I'll, I say I enjoy the game of life. I remember playing it growing up. And uh, my wife found a, a version, uh, bought a version, and we were playing it. I thought, this is real. This is, it changed things. It seems realistic. And, you know, it's not win everything on the lottery at the very end. And, you know, the, the, you're not getting a $10,000 paycheck right out of college. But I found out that they have different versions. Because we mm -hmm. got another version and it was completely unrealistic. But mm -hmm. still, there's opportunities there, even if it's unrealistic. What 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 can parents do when when they're playing a game that just doesn't seem real? Right. And even when you're playing the game, conversations will spark from this. Like, oh, what? What is this about? Okay, this really happens. Yes, this really happens. Tax. So yes, mm -hmm. I need you need to pay this money. Card debt. Yeah, you have to pay that. What is that? And it would set up conversations for later on, for when it's time to really talk to them and explain in more depth what's actually happening out in the real world on the, currently. Well, let me, let me take that idea of, of teaching and learning with the child back to what, something you said about, about parents who may not feel they are they have the capacity or the, the knowledge to teach how, what, what can they do to learn with the child? What are some ways that they can learn at the same time where it's not painful to either party? Well, we just went into one, one, which is what playing games with your child. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is actually taking your child out and letting them go and see what you do when it comes to buying, buying consumables and going to the bank. These questions will come up every time. Hey, I want that. Oh, how much does that cost? Oh, you're using coupons. Oh, how about what is coupons? Going to the bank. That is something that needs to be done early. Also, if they do that early, and the child sees, oh, this is where your money is staying. Oh, okay. I understand now. You don't keep it under the mattress. Mm -hmm. Right. So I go here to this institution and I can get what I've earned out of the bank. And on top of it, pay my bills from here. Let them go to there, um, to the bank and learn with you. Learn everything. Start an account with them, especially too, as soon as you can. Let them feel what it is to like, hey, this is an ATM machine. 
okay, this is what, this is a tool that I'm going to be using because my mother and my father is using this on a regular basis. I remember when I was young, my mother would send me to the ATM. And this is back when ATMs just started coming in. I mean, there was probably one ATM to every 20 blocks, maybe. Mm-hmm. So she would send me there. She sent me there twice. I went there with her twice. And she taught me how to use it. And I realized why she taught me why to use, how to use it and why. She didn't want to walk that far in order, <laughs> in, in the rain, cold, or anything, in order to go get money. Because the ATM was quite far. And this is at the time I was living in New York. But this was something I learned very young. And I was not intimidated by when I, it was my turn to get a bank account and actually extract money, put money in, look up my balance or anything in, within that nature. Because I was very familiar because my mother t- sent me there like maybe on a weekly basis in order to... Uh, uh, pay certain bills that, you know, at that time you couldn't just pay. There was no online. So you had to write checks or actually do it in cash. But I learned. And this was me learning with her because once again, ATMs were just coming in. Well, I, be- I bet you also learned that uh, they weren't just magic cards that you could just they'd get free money. Yeah. You know? And there had to be something in the bank. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I, 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 having been in um, elementary school classrooms, I often he- ask that question, you know, how do you, where does money come from? And at second grade, most kids will say, the bank gives it to you. Well, there's, there's an opportunity for learning right there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Always. What's a good answer for the parent it happens to every parent as the child gets to be six, eight, ten years old, and ask the question around the table, Mom, Dad, how much money do you make? Because the standard answer for generations has been none of your business. So what what's the problem with that answer? And what's what's a what what are some things uh, we can consider um, responding otherwise? Well, the problem with not answering is not now they are confused and they felt that they did something wrong by asking you mm-hmm. when it should not be that way. That's number one. Now, on you, the parents' behalf, what they need to do is realize what age is asking them and relate the number to what the age can understand. They don't need to know exactly what you made. They don't need to know exactly what you make. Maybe later on, you could tell them exactly when they went, when they're much, much older. Mm-hmm. But these little kids, you tell them, hey, I make 60K a year. It's just going to, you know, it's kind of going to go over their heads. So they, they, they think you can buy a home for $110 probably. Right, right. So it probably go over their head. So give them a number they could relate to and just use that number. And then, then later on, tell them the truth. Like, hey, this is what I really make if you're comfortable, but give the, definitely give them a number so they could know, Hey, okay. So she this, this number. And when they go back, they could say, okay, she makes this, she bought this for $5. Okay. And she's paying this. Okay. She, they could actually see the numbers in their head. Like, Hey, okay. I understand some of this. 
and keep on building on that, but just don't dismiss them. That's that, that is one thing I would not do. Dismiss them. That's a good, good point. I think at the very least you can say, okay, if there's, if they ask it in front of others company or in front of other family, and you'd rather not talk about it, say, look, let's talk about that. When at the end of the, at the end of dinner, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a great question. And I think you deserve a good answer. And let's talk about it when we're done with dinner. Mm-hmm, definitely. At the, very, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That uh, give them some sort of answer. Don't, don't make them feel like they've asked. No. The wrong question. They're, they're just interested. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's the, that's them being curious. You got to remember you was a child once you wanted mm-hmm. to know things. They just want to know. And you need to tell them because the school is not telling them. <laughs> yeah. So you need to tell them. I think that's, I think that's surprising to a lot of parents that they, they, they're surprised that schools are not necessarily teaching much about how to manage money. No, I, I, I feel with that one is that they have forgotten because they went to school. Mm-hmm. They definitely went to school and they was not taught anything about money like that. So they have forgotten and somehow in their head, they think that it's changed. Yes, some things have changed. The way they teach math, the way they teach certain other um, subjects, yes, they've changed. But when it comes to money, financial literacy, that has not, they are not teaching it at all. So when you did not, since you didn't get it, trust me, they are not getting it. Still very much a, a system that is uh, slanted toward teaching, teaching us how to earn money, how to become, a, uh, which is a, a part of financial freedom. You, you need an ability to earn income. Correct. But it uh, often, and not every, not all schools, not all states ignore it, but more often than not, there's, there's just nothing in there about managing money, budgeting, what credit is, how debt works. No, no. And I feel that is because the system is set up in order for us to be cogs and wheels. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So what is it? It takes an individual parent to recognize that and make sure, how do they make sure that, that that's not what the end result is? That is correct. That's what we want, but we need to be, take the initiative. That's what we need to do as parents, take the initiative. Hey, my child is not getting this. I know this because I didn't get this. And I'm asking them every day, you know, what's going on in school and they're telling me about certain subjects. And guess what? Oh, financial literacy was none of them. Money was never one of them. Yeah. Financial, uh, fi- um, personal finance, another class, oh, not one of them. So you know they're not getting it. Right. Thank heavens for those teachers that do decide to somehow pull something in to their classrooms about personal finance, even though it's not necessarily the actual class on the topic, but and I, Todd, I do you know, know that they are doing that. Yeah. Todd, that's good. But you know, that's, the, yeah, that's far from enough. Absolutely. I mean, this is something I feel that should be iterated every grade and just advances until they leave high school and every grade, they should be a personal finance class or financial literacy class going over every aspect of financial literacy from saving, budgeting, investing, earning, 
taxes, insurance, every year it should be going through, it should be a class. And if that's done, and also the parent is also injecting their personal feelings and teachings within um, financial literacy into the child, now you're talking about a foundation that the child could stand firm on. The child could even see financial freedom. Mm-hmm. That is, that it could be seen. They could see that hill. But right yeah. now, you don't see it. All you see is a debt hill. That's it. This big old mountain of debt. That's it. Yeah. Because that's how you started. I, I, I love, that's what I love about the, the title of your podcast. It's not teaching financial management. You know, financial mm-hmm. management is just, how do you manage your money? You could manage your money terribly and still be managing your money. Mm-hmm. But you put into the title of your, your podcast, The Ultimate Goal, Financial Freedom. Even as a, as a member of the financial education community, I think we too often focus on, let's just stay out of debt. Let's just stay out of debt. Let's, rather than, what's the, point, what's the purpose? Is independence, the freedom to get to the point where you can keep working. If you love what you do, keep working. But otherwise, if you're, if you're financially free, you have the opportunity, the option to do something else. At any age. Yeah. At any age. You, you not, there's no number saying, oh, man. <laughs> Looking at my numbers, I got to work till I'm 70. Yeah. <laughs> I started late. Right. Looking at my numbers, I got to work till 60. No, no. You want to be like, you know, you just starting off in college or you, you exiting college. Hmm. Looking at my numbers, hmm, I could do this in 40 if I really put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. And because you know why? It's simple to that person. The basics are embedded into their brain they know every almost every and anything about financial literacy and what they're applying now as a young adult is the advanced stages of financial literacy mm-hmm. how yeah, to make the money work for you right it's not it's not about well 99 percent of the people around me are going to work until they're 65 67 in most cases now so what it's just because they're doing that does that mean that you have to as well no, 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 no. <laughs> Especially in this day and age. No, that's a no. Good. Eric, um, we approached the end of this, uh, this episode. Uh, tell me, could you, could you share with the listener one piece of practical advice, one practical step you would recommend they take as far as teaching children their own or those that they might mentor or neighbors uh, something about financial freedom? Um, first I would say the very first thing for them to do is make the time. You must make the time for your child. You must put it in your head that, you know what? I am not giving my child the time of day when it comes to money. And I need to make that. I need to make that a conscious effort. Tell your child about money and make that time for them. If you're making time for them to go to school, go to soccer practice, go to trombone practice, swimming, whatever, dance, you need to make time for them to learn about money. And I think that's one of the most important things a parent needs to start doing. Because right now, everyone is busy. Everyone is busy. But it will always stay that way. Mm-hmm. So you need to budget some time in order for your child to start learning about money. Yeah. 
Good. Eric, how can, uh, how can our listeners connect with you or find you online? Well, you could go to raisinfinancialfreedom.com. All links to social media is there. And if you want to reach me, uh, the email is info at raisinfinancialfreedom.com. All right. I will make sure that those get into our show notes today. Eric, thank you for your uh, time today and for uh, sharing some of these really important um, principles and, and ideas on raising financial freedom, uh, financially free children. Uh, thank you also to our listeners for joining us today. You know, if you'd like to see, uh, check out our podcast, you can find those, uh, our, our archives, you can find them at moneyfit.org slash podcast. So until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well. <laughs>